With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Unplugged Woodworkers podcast. So, what have I been up to? I have been making um, kitchen cupboard doors. So, very strangely, I've actually (laughs) actually enjoyed uh, making these. I don't know... I'm not overly sure why I've enjoyed them so much. Um, I've still got something to make, but it doesn't seem to be phasing us. Um, obviously, it's it's quite repetitive. Um, obviously, it's basically I'm making I'm making a groove and then I'm cutting um, stub tenons. Uh, so you know, as I said, it's quite repetitive, but for some strange reason, I'm enjoying it. I do actually um, plan on making a video uh, with these uh, just to kind of show what's possible. It's not particularly a hard project, but um, I just thought it might be good just to kind of show people what's possible with hand tools um, and kind of what you can expect. Um, You know, obviously nothing fancy. Everything's getting done in my back garden. So as usual, so I kind of just wanted to show, including the spraying as well. I'm going to be doing some spraying, and again, I ain't got no spraying sort of kit. This is just going to be done with um with a spray can, basically, some primer and then some and some uh, coloured um spray paint. Obviously, it's obviously four wood, um, but yeah, I just thought it would be interesting just to uh, just to do it, just to let people there uh, see what you can actually do. Um, rather than going to the likes of B&Q or Wixes and paying like, I think the doors that I originally looked at <clears throat> were like £55 each, you know, so it kind of adds up, it starts to add up rather that quickly. I think today it's it's going to cost us somewhere in the region of about £250, somewhere in that region was it? I think we're somewhere around about £250 it's going to cost. Um, but if I was to buy the doors, I think, the do- like, you know, the total number of doors and, and whatever else, uh, doors and drawers, um, I think it was somewhere in the region of seven, £7.500, some, something crazy like that. You know, um, kitchens aren't cheap these days, you know, um, especially only if you're going for like a bit of a spruce up. Um, a spruce up can <laughs> start getting quite expensive. Okay, so what impressed me this week or, or what caught my eye rather? Um, so this was a post by, I don't know why I'm pronouncing this properly, um, I'm going to try SynQ Port Woodworking. Yeah, I'm gonna leave a link for this here. Uh, just interesting uh, to see it. Uh, things like this do interest us. Obviously, woodworking in general does, but I, I do tend to like um, the old uh, work uh, work holding techniques and even the clamps. So I'm not actually sure the type of clamp this is. Um, I have seen them kicking about. Um, 
here and there, um, spe- specifically not this type of one. So if you can imagine the uh, the letter zero basically cut in half and we've got um, kind of a, a stick going through it, if you will, through the centre and there's a peg um, at either side on the outside of um, the O section, if you will. So basically, you would put the you would put the clamp kind of a it's kind of a bit like a, a how to describe it like a like a crab's claw. So you would stick the kind of the the crab's claw section if you can imagine it like a, a crab's claw, like kind of you know grabbing something. Um, and obviously you've got the stick going through the middle and you've got two pegs so that stops it from coming apart um, and on the opposite side you've got a section where you would wedge it this is very very primitive but um, I've never I've never had the pleasure to use one or, or even make one it, it might be a future video to, to be honest um, I'll have to write that down actually um, but just with it being um, powered by a wedge or, or tightened with a wedge roller, um, I know firsthand how much clamping force that's going to get. It's going to be absolutely immense, the clamping force on it. Uh, so it was quite cool. I mean, this might help someone out that's got a lot of clamping to do. They may not have the money to go out you know, to buy all these clamps. I mean, clamps can be like really, really super expensive. Um, I used I used to I used to always say that you can never have too many clamps. Where I think now I kind of I I, man, I get by with what I've got, but kind of at the same time, if you have got the money or you have got the capabilities to make more clamps, it's never a bad thing. So yeah, I'll leave a link to that. Um, go and check it out. It was uh, was was quite a quite a pleasant uh, post because you like things like that don't pop up often. Well, not in my feed, they don't anyway. So that was uh, quite cool. Okay, so this week is going to be part two of the workbench design. Um, so last week <laughs> I actually got cut off. Um, so the platform that I'm on, I'm actually on. Um, uh, Spreaker, and I was on like the lowest like tier um, like uh, plan. It was I think it's like is it like eight pound a month something like that. Um, so that only gives us forty five minutes. So I have actually bit the bullet and um and I, I forget what I'm paying now. What I am paying a bit more. So I think that gives us like nearly two hours of um of uh, play time if you will here uh, to just to chat so i think that should be more than enough so for those that kind of missed it there was actually two like two parts of part a and a part b where obviously i still had some um i kind of got cut off like in mid-sentence so i still had like a few things to say so i, I think it's only like 11 minutes or something so for anyone that kind of missed like that part of it I did actually pick up. <clears throat> so today I'm going to be talking about tall benches. Same again. This these are just my opinions, my ideas. Um, you know, 
don't take you know like don't take them so seriously if you will because you know some people like tend to tend to get a bit carried away with things I say and they, um, you know kind of kind of think I'm you know I shouldn't be saying certain things but as I said and I'm going to reiterate this these are just my own opinions my own ideas okay okay so to make a start I'm gonna I'm gonna mention a few benches um, these are kind of benches that I like um, obviously there is a like a, a lot of benches and you know there's like you've got your you've got your bog standard ones that you know are, are quite well known um ones that aren't so quite well known and you've got everything in between that's you know people like myself just kind of mix match and you know have their own little ideas and you know make them i dare say that there's a lot of lot of good benches um you know, in people's backyards and people's sheds, and you know the line there undiscovered. Um, um, you know, there's a lot of you know there's a lot of clever people out there. So, um, you know, in, in the in the coming years, I would imagine that's you know you'll you'll start to see a lot of um, a lot of uh, great benches. Um, you know, coming out not so much the mainstream ones. You know, so I think I think people are getting a little bit uh, creative now, aren't they? You know, um, I think kind of I think wood like hand tool woodworking is kind of trying to make a comeback, if you will. Um, I mean, a couple of a couple of years ago, or even even maybe a year year ago, um, I was kind of. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I wouldn't say you're worried, but. You know, it, it it kinda seemed like a real shame. It kind it kinda seemed like hand tool woodwork was kinda like dying out, if you will. Like, you know, there wasn't a lot of people interested in it. And you know, everyone I, I still even get the comments now. It's like, why don't you just use a circular saw? Yeah. <laughs> why don't you just use a router? Yeah. Why don't you just use a a mort a mortising machine? You know, things like that. I mean I kind of see where the where the where the people are coming from when they say like things like that. I totally get where you are coming from for anyone that's said it was maybe listening or you know whatever. I totally get that, but like like for me, I just like working with hand tools. I really like it's just so it's just so peaceful. Um, you know, and another another thing I like, I can basically take take my bench. And my my tools and and I can like make furniture just about anywhere as long as long as the environment's like half decent. Meaning you know the weather's okay, you know, and I'm I'm happy to do so. So, um, some of these benches, um, some of the more noticeable ones, um, that people can relate to, um. So you've got um a Nicholson style bench. That's kind of like a, 
that's kind of like a U bench, um, or, or all of the tops usually in a U shape. So you've got the top section, and you've got um, two aprons either side of it. Um, ironically, this was one of the first benches I ever used um, going back when I went to college when I was. 16, yeah, six, 16 years old, I think I went, well, yeah, it was, it was 16. So I can't remember the dimensions of it other than the fact that um, it was intended for two people to use it. Um, so this had the basic Nicholson style frame um, underneath. Um, it had an enclosure uh, where things were locked away. Um, obviously, this this was a college, so you know you had all bits and bobs in there. Um, it was, you know, it was quite a quite a decent um, bench. Yeah, you know, the, you know there was a lot of benches, and they had like um, two record um, vices. Um, you know, one either side. And it had a tool well in the middle. I don't like tool wells in the middle. Um, it's just a place for sawdust and shavings to build up and for you to lose little items like drills and and whatever else. Um, as I said, I don't like them. Ironically, the first bench I ever built it was a Nicholson-style bench. It was... Um, I basically copied um it was a was one of the first um bench I think it was the first bench um video that Paul Sellers put out. So I kind of like basically followed Paul. Yeah, I put a tool well in it, um but as I said I just really don't like the tool wells um for the reasons I've just stated. I did I think it was a couple of years ago I built a a Nicholson style bench and I left the tool well out totally done away with that <laughs> and ironically I still haven't used it I have not used that bench to date um, it's currently sitting in my shed and it's just chock a block with junk on top of it tools and pieces of wood and screws and whatever else on there and I to be honest, it's still not finished because I actually still need to trim the legs on it um, to bring it down to um, a better height for myself, uh, which I still <laughs> haven't done. So you know, I've got like I've got like three vases I could actually put on it, and as I said, it I've just never never bothered. It's just like there and it's standing, looking pretty. Um, and the thumbnail for this um, podcast, you can actually see some of the underside, uh, the joints and uh, the bolts that are, are keeping it together. Uh, it seems a bit of a shame, actually, because, you know, I kind of do, uh, you know, I, a lot of people think I'm a, I'm against tall benches, but I'm I'm not. I'm really not. It's just the fact that the tall, uh, the, the low Roman workbench, I can actually like pick the thing up and take it outside. I, I like to be outside. It's just you know I've worked outside since the age of seventeen and all all kinds of wellers, you know. And I'm it's just one. I think it's just in me genetics. I just like to be outside, working with my hands. It's just how I am. So obviously that's one of the downfalls of using you know like a big tall bench. You kind of I kind of physically pick it up and take it outside. 
and I'm lazy and I don't kind of want to be setting, you know, something something up like a, a Moravian bench, a Moravian bench. I would still like to build one of those, um, but yeah. So while I'm on the subject, Moravian bench, uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um, this is it's it's kind of cool because this this is like a it is like a kind of a knockdown bench, and it has. It has like uh, the two leg sections, uh, which, like most benches, uh, tall benches, are um, glued together, fixed together. Um, and it has two rails, and those are connected through the legs with um, with the wedge system. Is it? I forget the I forget the name of the wedge system, uh, but basically the wedge system goes through. Um, goes through the tenant portion um uh, kind of on the thickness of the tenant rather than the rather than the width of the tenant which you know you, you, that is quite common to see on um different types of furniture but uh I've never used one I've never I've never built one I do plan on building one just for building sake I just want to build one uh, but apparently supposed to be really really uh, strong you can kind of see the dynamics of it because you've got you've got the two um the two sections of legs or the two sets of legs and they're set on the bevel um you know i'm guessing maybe 80 70 degrees somewhere there um so obviously when you're playing and just see your edge playing and where just see you've got it on the edge of the bench um you know you've got it in the vase so with the two legs being on like angled, uh, it's going to avoid uh, not avoid, but it's going to uh, minimise racking. You know the, the the rocking backwards and forwards. Where I think sometimes if you're using um, maybe a, a Nicholson bench, you can get a little bit of racking with that. Um, obviously, it just depends how you've made it and, and whatever else um, how you've got to fix it fixed together. So. Yeah, the next would be the Rabu bench, of course. Um, so this was popular popularized by um, Chris Schwartz, I believe. Um, you know, I, I think he's done uh, quite a lot of uh, work, you know, on the on the history of it and, and whatnot. Um, he's he's built. I don't know. I don't know how many of these benches he's built, but uh, obviously, you know, Chris Schwartz is well known for for building workbenches. Uh, he's <laughs> he's built quite a few, uh, more than most people, uh, even more than me as well. And I have built uh, a few few benches. So I'm not overly sold on the Rabu. Um I am being a little bit, maybe a little bit biased or. Or maybe judging a book by its cover. Um, I don't really see the point in the way it's uh, the way the legs are connected to the top. Um, it's for anyone that doesn't know um, traditionally um, how these things are made or all the the joints. It's kind of like a tenant, and it's got a Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. It's got a break in the tenant, and then it's got a dovetail section. Um, it's, kind of like a, it's kind of like a twin tenant, but the outside tenant shaped into a, like a, a sliding dovetail if you will kind of sort of thing yeah i'm not sure of the correct name of the joints there, there probably is some sort of um, name for it but I, I, same again this is just my opinion i really don't see the point in it um i have kind of seen like all the like all the like similar style benches where it's just a single tenant um you know, it might just be, um, you know, um, what's what's the correct name for this tenant? Um, maybe a, is it a blind, blind, a blind cheek tenant where you basically you would only cut one cheek away. I have seen benches like that. I think, and I've also seen benches where you've actually just cut just just stand your standard sort of tenant. I think that would probably be better. Um, in my opinion, it would. I just, I just don't see the, you know, the need for it. the The other thing with these benches as well is because the, the tops are so so heavy. I can kind of understand that you've got your tenant and you've got your other section of tenant, which is like the, the dovetail portion. I can actually see where this would like help to stop like racking I can totally get that but with the sheer weight of it the sheer weight of the top I just I just don't you know I don't think it's necessary um that's just me anyway you know each each to the own with that I think probably the reboot as well it's probably going to be uh, one of the heavier benches um I have actually read articles and you know seen um, um, posts where people are claiming, and probably totally true as well, that you know some of the benches are like four hundred pounds and stuff. <laughs> That's crazy, four hundred pound one. Don't get us wrong, I can I see the thing with that. It's like you've got a bench that weighs four hundred pound. That thing ain't going anywhere. You can have whatever you want on top of that bench and you can do whatever you want with it on the bench. You know, you can be sore and hammering away. You can be on top of it. You, whatever you want to do and that bench just ain't going to move some, like, you know, um, that sort of uh, weight is, you know, it's, you can't really argue with that. Like, so I think that's a good thing about the benches, the sheer weight, but I think if you're going to have something like that, 
you're going to have to have it on like a really good surface, i.e. like it wouldn't be no good for my shed. <laughs> It'd probably sink my shed. It'd probably put the <laughs> probably put the legs into the soil. You know, um, it's just like it's just far too heavy for that. I mean, that would be you know you'd have to have some sort some you know proper um, you know structure um, or maybe even some sort of like concrete something like that. You know, in a basement or a, or a garage somewhere like that. See, obviously, the the Nicholson bench is a lot lighter, um, but obviously that has its problems with it being lighter as well. Obviously, you know, you can actually move them, um, depending on if you're using a lower, a lower shelf and, you know, whether you've got enough weight on that. So materials... Um, Again, it's this is pretty similar to um, you know the Roman workbench. So the the tall benches I've made, I've always just used um, white pine. Um, that's like spruce con- construction, like grade material. Um, it's not very hard. It's you know it does dent quite easy, and it's it does damage quite easy. But I mean. <sighs> In the in the biggest in the bigger scheme of things, it's you know it's not really a big deal, and they will last for years. Um, you know, I personally think if you're able to, um, especially with a taller bench, you know, use something a little bit harder. You know, maybe some beech, some ash, um, oak, you know, something like that. Um, plus, it's going to give you um, a little bit more weight again it depends on your circumstances it depends on again like what your work is you know what sort of work you're doing um i think regarding benches in general whether it's a low bench or a or a tall bench um you should always be thinking you know what am i going to be using it for you know because as as woodwork, as you know, like woodwork in itself covers a, like a wide range of, you know, like, um, yeah, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for? Yeah, you know, it, it, it covers a vast, you know, a vast, um, <laughs> I kind of think, I kind of think of the words I'm trying, I'm trying to say here. Basically, you've got all types of woodwork and, um, you know, so woodworking as a word, in general covers a lot of things you know so you could be a carver um you might do a lot of dovetails uh, you know you might you might specialize in dovetail boxes uh, you might just do um you know frameworks you know things like that so i mean if you if you're going to be doing dovetails probably my preference if i was to use a tall bench i'd want that bench slightly higher but it, Again, it depends if you're doing multiple things on it. You're probably going to want it lower. Um, you know, you you got to kind of find a happy medium with it. Um, I'm I'm veering off course here from your notes. Um, so I'm going to jump back to um, the materials. But as I'm saying, um, the spruce I've used. Um, 
So I think I think on the likes of like um, a Moravian bench, I think I've so, seen those um, made from like um, at least the tops, um, like a single slab of um, oak. Uh, again, I don't know. I don't know how how you would how you would fare with using beech or ash um, with a Moravian bench. Especially if you plan on um, knocking it down every night, or maybe if you f- if you're going to travel with it, um, I think oak would probably be okay. Um, it is heavy oak, but I think I could be wrong here. Someone please correct us. But I think ash is heavier, and then I think beech is heavier again. Um, so. You would have to take that into consideration, especially if you are handling it yourself. It wouldn't be too much of a of an issue if it's like a two two person. You know, I don't think that would be much of an issue. Um, but you know, it's it is kind of one of them. But I think if you are going to use um, the likes of like a spruce or pine on, you know, um, a Moravian, I just don't think it would give you enough weight to keep it where it should be that's just my opinion i might be proven wrong you know um i see him again i've never built one so i i kind of give you a hundred percent these are just educated guesses if you will so the rebu bench um i've seen that kind of um made out of a few materials same again like uh, the likes of um ash you know things like that um what I will say, a lot of these benches, um, I do see a lot of them uh, laminated. So for anyone that doesn't know what that means, that's basically, let's say for instance you've got a you've got a bunch of um, four by twos. Uh, you basically glue them together um, with the with the longer section, the four inch section being vertical. So you would glue those all together, giving you. You know, somewhere in the region of a four-inch, um, four-inch uh, thickness uh, of bench top. That's before you plane it, of course, because obviously you would have to plane it because they all have rounds in them. Something else to note as well: um, if you kind of are planning on like making a rebu, like kind of bench, something like you know where the where the top's going to be like thick and heavy. Um, you might want to consider or or work out how you're actually going to get that top <laughs> onto the legs when once you've built the legs. Um, I've seen I've seen like a I've seen a few uh, people actually using chain blocks. Um, you know that just goes to show you the amount of weight that's in these things. You know, um, I don't know if you. <laughs> You probably could. I mean, like two, maybe two strong guys could probably lift like a rebu top on. Um, I think it would take some doing, like, because it's going to be some weight and that. Yeah, so that's probably something to kind of you know, like, look into before you start building one. You know, are you actually going to be able to lift the thing on? Have you got the facilities to do so? Um, the thing with. Um, using white white pine or spruce, if you will, um, you know, building something like a Nicholson style bench. Um, obviously, I've built a couple of these. 
it's it's not an issue to be doing things by yourself. But as I stated before, the problem with it being um, it is light. Um, that's the downfall to it. Um, but, you know, I still think the decent benches, you know, um, I wouldn't hesitate on recommending one of those benches. Um, it is going to be a bit cheaper for you to build as well. I think the last one that I did build, I think it cost somewhere in the region of, um, I think it was like about £70. Um, that's not bad, you know, for like a, a bench. Obviously, that's minus the vase, um, obviously, because there's no vases on it. But, you know, in the big scheme of thing, I think that's pretty cheap for a bench. Okay, sizes, sizes. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna tackle the height first. I'm gonna get the height out of the way. Um, this is a, exactly the same as the low bench. Get the height for you. It's no good. I'm gonna use the same the same sort of um, um, example. I'm five foot five. It's no good me building the bench. For someone who's six foot five or seven foot, you know, I'm, I'm quite sure you'll agree. You know, it's it's probably going to be far too well. It will be. It'll be far too low for the big guy. Um, and if we swap that around, it's going to be too too tall for me. You know, so as I was saying before as well, it also depends on what you're doing. You know, if if you're more comfortable working at a chest height, you know, whatever you're doing, say, you, you, you might be cutting dovetails on a regular basis. That might be, like, pretty much all you tend to do. Um, that's what you might, like, solely have, you know, the bench for, for cutting dovetails. I can't really see that happening, but just as an example, you know, you might just want to have it that little bit higher. I'm not saying don't <laughs> don't have the bench at your, the height of your chest, but obviously, you know, you wanna you wanna have it a little bit higher than you would normally have it. Um and it's the same again, it's like kind of like a rule of thumb. Make it taller than you need it, try it out a little bit. And you you should, whatever work you're doing, you should know straight away, you should think that's far too high for me. And just you know, and just cut a little bit off the feet as needed, off the legs rather. Um you know, yeah, I know it can be a bit of a faff on, you know, you're going to have to put the bench on its, you know, on its side and, you know, cut the legs. But um, I think this is going to be the best way, you know, for you to find a nice height. Because if you cut it too low, you can't really add those back on because it's, you know, they're just not, it's not going to be good. And you don't really want to be remaking the legs. So it makes perfect sense to make it taller than you need it and just cut it down you know take a couple of inch off at a time you know um that's what i would recommend with the low bench and the tall bench but you know it's 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 same again it really really depends on what you're doing i mean if you're anything like me i'll do a bit of everything it's like i'm i'll i'll never just sit and cut like dovetails or i never just do you know what I mean? I'm I'm always doing something different. I mean, you know, I could be making a I could be making a dining table one week, and then the next week I could be making chairs. You know, and then the following week, you know, I could be making doors. You know, it's 
I don't like. I I just you know I do like a lot of not a lot, but I do I do a mixture of things, you know. But at the same time, it is common for people to you know have a specific kind of work workflow that they do. You know, like a carver. A carver is pretty much just going to carve the majority of the time. You know, so you've got to take these things into consideration. So, um, length, um, you know, I've seen I've seen everything from three three foot in length to like twelve foot in length. Um, I think the biggest one I have seen is about twelve foot. I I, I might be wrong seeing twelve foot, but somewhere around twelve to 10, 10 foot long, um, and. That is the workbench I've seen in the Mortis and Tenant magazine, I believe. Um, you know, it's some monster of a bench. It's like, you know, it's enormous. But I kind of see the, you know, I can kind of see the, not the need for it, but the, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? It, it's just good to have a bench that long if if you've got if you've got the room and you're doing multiple things and you've got the need you know or all that that it's it's just easier for you to have more bench space you know let common sense prevail and, and just make a nice long bench or if you can't make you know a long long bench have a couple of benches stuck together uh, obviously not literally stuck together but you know you know, but but them against each other end to end. Um, so, but going back to the shorter one, you know, like um, a free foot bench, that might be perfect. That might be all you need that for. You know that you might actually build a bench like a little free foot bench specifically for something. It might be like a little carver's bench. You know, something like that. You know, so you do have to kind of take these things into consideration. But it's the same. It's the same with the sizes. Also, when you're taking like you know that into consideration, like what you're going to be using it for, you've also got to take in the physics of the thing as well. So, if you're going to make it, you know, for argument's sake, as you say, like a three by three, um, that's going to be more susceptible to, uh, you know basically rocking about if you're going to start planing on that just see so you might you might need to do some sort of planing on it um you know it might be once in a blue moon you might need to do this planing but you need to do planing you know it's going to have the potential more to rock about um so you're going to you, you know um lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That's going to work in uh, both, direc- both directions on the length and the width. Where it's kind of the same sort of thing if it's going to be a three foot by three foot bench. So you kind of need to take that into consideration. Obviously, the taller you build something... You know, as a rule of thumb, you should extend the foot, the footprint of that, the base of that. You know, it just makes it more stable. Yeah, so that is something to take into consideration. Um, the bench that I've got at the moment, I think that's like kind of somewhere in the region of about six foot. I didn't actually measure it, but even. I was actually looking at it tonight, um, you know, like I took a couple of photos just for the, the thumbnail of this podcast, and I did think to myself, I probably should have made it longer. Um, the irony the irony of this is that I'm, I don't use it, and I haven't used it, it's just been sitting there for however long, um, but still, you know, me kind of just looking at it, you know, I thought I should have made it longer. It's obviously, it's not a big deal. Um, I personally think, you know, like six foot's like a good, you know, for someone like me anyway, but same again, it really depends on what you kind of, what you're going to do. I mean, I dare say a seven, an eight foot, I think an eight foot would be pretty awesome. Um, I think that's probably, you know, you wouldn't really need to do anything. uh, Sorry, you wouldn't need anything bigger than that. I really don't think you would. Um, the, there will be instances where you do require something bigger, but I mean, for the majority of people um, and the majority of the tasks that you're going to carry out, I think like you know somewhere in the region of like eight foot long, you know that's that's just going to be you know I don't I can't see you needing to be any like longer than that. Um, width wise, um, the width of me current one is two foot is that right yeah it's about somewhere in the region of two foot um and it's the same again this kind of this can be anywhere from like you know i think slightly under two foot to you know three foot um it, it it's the same again as well it depends you know the sort of bench you you kind of uh, making um just to kind of like Veer away from traditional benches for a second. Um, you've got the likes of like a, um, you know, um, a Pollock bench. Um, anyone that doesn't know what a Pollock bench is, um, it's quite it's quite a clever idea. This, but this is more geared towards like power tools and and whatnot. Um, nothing of nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, obviously it's just I'm a I'm a hand tool woodworker, so it's not much use to me. Um, but you know. Kind of, kind of the reason I brought that up is because it's all weird and wonderful, um, you know, s- sizes and different things that people have done. They basically p- 
purchased um, the plans for the bench, you know, and people have turned them into their own thing. So some of the width of these can be like, you know, quite big. Uh, it's, and they've also got the capacity to, you know, to be clamped together and stuff, making like a really wide service. A surface area you know for you to work on so just to kind of you know hide that in with the mixture same again it really depends on what you're doing yeah work wise so leg frame construction is next um i've kind of touched on it a little bit um earlier so um the last bench tall bench i made um what I what I opted for, um, and I did actually see this. Um, this was um, what's he called? Say the English woodworker. Um, I have seen it other places, but obviously he refreshed it in my mind, and I kind of that's kind of why I done done it the way I done it. So basically, you've got your two you've got your two legs. And you'll have um, a top rail and a bottom rail. At least you have on a Nicholson-style bench. Um, and this is how I constructed mine. So as what, I, as what I've done or all, I got the idea from the English woodworker. Um, uh, refreshed in my mind. So instead of doing the mortise and tenon joints um, all the way through... Um, I opted for um, kind of a, a dovetail lap joint, so it's like a half. It's 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 only a half dovetail as well. So you have got the two shoulder uh, portions. So you've got the you've got the back shoulder portion um, that's hitting the two legs. You would get that from a normal um, lap joint. And then you've got the, the little section of dovetail you've cut out as well. So you've got the shoulder button in there. And you've also, with it being a, like a dovetail um, at either side, you've got that little bit of resistance. You know, if there's any, there wouldn't actually be any pulling, but it, it does kind of help with um, racking uh, width ways. Um, so that's kind of why I opted for that. Um Plus, it's it's a lot quicker. Um, I have the first bench I made. Uh, obviously, I followed along with Paul Sellers' videos, and it just it just seemed like it, it took us for ages. It might have just been at that time in my woodworking career that I <laughs> I was just slow and learning, you know. But I still I still think. Well, I, in fact, I know um, you know a dovetailed lap joint. It's just going to be quick at the cut, you know. Um, cut the shoulders, uh, chisel the majority of it out, uh, and that can be done rather quickly. Um, and get uh, your outer plane, and you know, just pare it down. Uh, you know, nice, quick, and easy. You know, it's for me, it's a no-brainer. And if it's if it's going to do the same sort of thing. I mean, I can't really dispute the fact that if you are going to do a mortise and tenon joint, you know, I think it probably would be stronger. Um, you know, well, it would be. I, I can't really argue with it. But I think the, the the dovetail lap joints, it's sufficient enough for what you want. Um, and I don't think you'll have an issue with that. Um, 
Um, so how I fixed it, I actually fixed it with uh, just glue and I tapped in a couple of nails. Um, and obviously, you know, that's for both sets of uh, legs. The top the top rail, exactly the same, um, other than the fact that it, it didn't have any material at the top section of it. So there was only making contact at the bottom where the dovetail is, you know. So um, same again, it's, it's enough, um, you know, for what you want it for, at least I think so. So, with with the Nicholson style, you can actually opt to put in a, a bottom rail. Um, this would be like the length of of the legs, basically going in between um, from from leg set to leg set. Um, you don't really need to do this, but obviously this would add some strength. Um, you don't even need to do it for a uh, for a shelf, but obviously you can if you want to. Um, this you would find on a um, a rebu. Um, you would find you know um, a mort a mortise and tenon joint um, on the on the rebus. Um, you know obviously because they haven't got anything. You know they haven't got a rail at the top. Um, obviously it's just going through. Um, you know into the top of the bench. You know, so it is obviously important for you to do that sort of construction with those. Um, if you look at the construction of a Meruvian, um, that probably could be done the same way as I've just described with the um, legs uh, for the Nicholson, Nicholson style um, you know or you could um, do some mortise and tenon joints um, same again as like the the first bench that I made um, and obviously with the Moravian style you've got that you've got that length rail yeah that's it's obviously it's not um, gl- uh, glued in place I'm I think it's called a, a tusk tenant, and obviously this is wedged in, um, going through the thickness of the tenants. Um, you know, it's uh, same again. What I said before, that apparently the really, the really strong. Um, you know, once those wedges are in, and obviously I kind of testify to the to the the pressure of wedges. So something to po- point out as well. Um, on the Nicholson style bench, um, what I actually done to the two lots of benches that I've actually made is where is where the legs come up and they interact with the the aprons on both sides. I actually house those in, um, and what this actually does is this actually helps with um, racking. Although you have got to be careful because when you actually do do this, um, when you've constructed your legs, especially if you're using um, construction, you know, style timber, especially in my my neck of the woods or or where I live, basically, um, it's notorious for shrinkage. Um, obviously, all wood shrinks and con- you know shrinks and um, gets bigger, uh, shrinks and contracts. Um, but what I find in in my area is when you do get the likes of like p- 
pine or spruce, anything like that. It'll shrink a lot and then it'll expand only a tiny bit. It'll never ever go back to the size that you originally like bought it at. That's just that again, that is my experience. Um, you know, obviously this could be different, you know, obviously there's people listening from America, there's people people you know from spain that listeners people from um, brazil you know so obviously it just kind of depends on where you are so you might want to take that into consideration so personally what i would do and what i did do i actually constructed the legs and i brought the legs inside my house and i just let them sit inside the house and obviously they shrunk with the heat and then obviously take them back out and fit them you know, make, make the housing joints, and you know, I can't really, <laughs> I can't really say if it's um, if it's helped any. To be honest, because I've never used a bench, but that's the logic in my head. So, but I, as I said, I, it is something to take into consideration. Um, logically, it should have worked, but I've I've never checked. So, you know, I probably should have checked before I mentioned that. Like, but. That's the logic, anyway. Okay, so under shelves and cabinets, things like that. Um, shelf, under shelf, definitely, definitely 110%. Um, if you've got the wood spare, definitely make some sort of a shelf. Um, this is going to be uh, twofold. You're basically going to have somewhere to store things whether that be um tool toolboxes um if you if you've got power tools you know maybe if you've got a router use a router whatever else you know you might be a bit of a you know you work in between hand tools and power tools so it's going to definitely you know help you out have you know having them off the floor um but also if you are using like a lighter material like I've described earlier on in the podcast, you know, the likes of um spruce by you putting like material on that, uh, not material, um, you know, tools and toolboxes and, and whatever else. Basically you're adding weight. If you're adding weight, you're gonna stop the thing from moving around. Um obviously there's things you can do yeah, to stop it from moving around or, or to help it to, you know, stay put. You know, things like rubber mats, you know, things like that. Um, but I think if you were to use a rubber mat and you were to put a shelf in and obviously, you know, get toolboxes and whatever else on it, it's just going to help it out. Plus, you know, it's getting things out of the way. You know, you're getting a nice, say, storage area. Um, you know, I, I think it's personally a good idea. Um something else that you could do as well um you could actually um kind of make a unit uh, not not a unit like you could kind of box the legs in kind of it's like the the same sort of thing that i was uh, talking about when i was um at college um they kind of had those um they kind of had the the underside of the uh, the bench um, kind of like boxed in and it had um, like two doors on it you know I think these were just like like batten doors you know there, weren't, there was nothing like you know special about them uh, but obviously they used to keep them um, padlocked I'm sure they used to keep them padlocked uh, that might be an option you know 
uh, if you want to lock away, you know, you might have valuable tools in there. Um, You might want to, you know, lock them up at the end of the day, you know. Um, Don't get us wrong. I mean, if a burglar's going to burgle you and he's, you know, he's going to burgle you, basically. (laughs) But he's going to have to make a lot of noise to do so, which I think... With with security, I think that's one of the main things, isn't it, for for the thief to have to make as much noise as possible. Obviously, that's going to alert you. It's going to set dogs barking, um, possible alarms off, you know, and it it's less likely for him to be able to carry out the burglary. You know, it's unfortunate, but you know people do do these sort of things. So that might be an option for you if you you know if you feel like you wanted to do that. Something else um, that I've only ever seen one person do, um, or at least the first person um, I was to see, um, it was actually Paul Sellers. Um, I think at either end of his um, workbenches, because I think the majority of his workbenches are the ones he uses, are like a, a Nicholson-style sort of bench. He actually has two drawers at either side, um, which is, you know, it's a good idea. Um, so that might be something else um, you kind of want to you want to incorporate into it. Um, obviously, the same again. It's going to help with the weights. You're going to be able to, you know, put, you know, like put extra weights uh, onto the bench. Um, so you know, you might need that extra weight. So that's something to think about as well. Okay, so last thing on the list here, because I've like really ravaged it on like a long, long time now. <laughs> See, this is a problem, you know. I've I've up- I've updated me me plan now, and I'm able just to to talk like nearly two hours now. Um, but I'm going to make this the last anyway, because I felt like I've uh, ravaged it a bit too much. So vices. <laughs> so. A lot of people think I'm against vices, and I'm really, really not against them. Um, I love a good vice. Um, you know, I just, a lot of the time, I don't see the point in having a vice on a low bench uh, because you've got the peg system that does such a great job. Um, but as I said, I'm not against them. Love benches. Uh, sorry, I love vices. Um, to be honest with you, um, if. If I do actually, when I, I kind of do plan on making a bigger workshop um, and and have like a, like a, a really bigger footprint, uh, this is solely for the winter time. Um, you know, obviously because if I'm in the back garden, it's winter time. It's just you know it's slippy, it's wet, um, and you know sometimes I just can't work out in the garden. So you know I get I get pushed into the shed and. You know the shed's just not big enough. I've you know I've got far too much stuff in it here for the size of it. So I do plan on uh, making a, a you know a, a bigger one, a, a bigger footprint basically of a shed. So if I do do that, I can see me myself spending a decent amount of money um, on a vase. Um, so this should just go to show you that I'm totally not against them. I love a good vice. So um, when I say spending a decent amount of money, um, a decent amount of money for me on a vice, you know, would be somewhere in the region of like two to three hundred pound. Um, 
I reckon some some people may think that's not a great deal, or there might be some people that think that's like just stupid. But um, the reason being, um, I've seen a. I've I've never used this. <laughs> I've never used it. It just looks so solid and sturdy, and um, it's a oh, what do you call a guy? I think he's an Australian guy. I'm sure the I'm sure it's an HT HT Gordon. Um, I'm sure it's HT Gordon, and it's just got a simple little um, you know handle at the front of it. It just looks so like. Um, it it doesn't look right how it is. It, it doesn't look like it should be able to like you know clamp things up. But you know I have obviously seen video demos of this, and you know it barely looks like they're using any pressure. And this this vice is just you know once it's in, it, it ain't you know it ain't moving the thing. Uh, you ain't moving a piece of wood out of that vice. You know so that looks that looks really really good. So that is a possibility. Um, but there's like the pattern maker vices and the pattern. The, what's good about the pattern maker vices is that you they're actually the kind of um, you can pivot them so you can like you can tilt instead of it being like um, parallel with the apron, if you will. Um, you're actually able to turn the whole thing so that the screw portion is actually facing your face if you're looking down on it. Um, you know you can twist it, rotate it. Um, you can actually you can actually clamp like awkward things in it. It's it gives you the capability to do that or the capacity to do that. You know, you know uh, if you had some tape had legs, you'd be you'd actually be able to t- like to hold the, the you know the tape had leg. So um, you know that's got a list of um, places it could be used. Uh, not not places, but uh, applications roller. So that's very very appealing to us um so the 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 vice the vice that i've got is an old record um i can't for the life of us i can't remember the name of it um i actually picked this up off um, a flea market um and i actually carried it from the market store to the side of the road <laughs> and I discovered that it was so so heavy I actually took it back to the market store um asked the guy if he would keep an eye on it and I actually went and got my car and drove around this thing absolutely weighs a ton weight um I've actually this this vice is actually on the old um workbench which is at me mam's and I don't know how old it is it must you know I'm I'm guessing here it must be at least 50 year old it's got to be at least 50 year old it wouldn't surprise us if it was older than that um it does still work um it is slipping a little bit now um so basically when I tighten it up, because um, it's got the quick release mechanism, I don't know if it's 32, the number 32, uh, 32 record uh, vice is coming to mind, I, I may be wrong there, probably am, but it has got the quick release, so you're able to press the button, 
uh, nip nip the button rather and pull it all the way out to its full capacity so sometimes when you've used this um, you know the quick release and you put it back in uh, it does actually slip so sometimes when you put something in the vise and you and you tight go to tighten it up again um, it just it slips and it slips sometimes it's, it'll slip a couple of times I don't know if that can be fixed, to be honest. I've never really looked into it. I've never really, like, looked at the vice. Um, it hasn't been too much of an issue. Um, obviously, it's been a very long time since I've used the bench. Um, it does get used very occasionally. Maybe if I've got some sort of something to do at my mum's, say, if I'm at my mum's house and she says, you know, can you look at this for us, or can you fix that for us, you know, something like that, then I might use it, uh, but other than that, it seems a shame, you know, because it's a, you know, it is a decent, um, it is a decent vice, um, so it would be interesting if that can be fixed, like I see, I've never, I've never, you know, kind of looked, looked into it, so if anyone knows, you know, if it can be, uh, if that, issue can be fixed um, if you could let us know leave a comment or an email at unpluggedwoodworking.com I'd really appreciate it okay so the position of the vices so what I was always like told if you're right handed then your vice on a tall bench should be placed at the left hand side of the bench and if you're a lefty, it should be placed at the right side of the bench. Um, obviously, I've seen <laughs> I've seen the vices kind of being put in the middle of the bench. Um, I don't really see the thing of putting them in the middle of the bench. Um, I do think it should be one side or the other. Um, I've I think the last, uh, sorry, the first bench uh, where the vice actually is, me personally looking looking at it now, I think it should be positioned more close to the left side of the bench, like more to the edge of it, because it is it is actually like positioned in. I'm not totally sure how much. You know, it might be somewhere in the region of maybe 18 inches, you know, somewhere somewhere approaching two foot. Um, two foot might be a bit of an exaggeration, actually. But I feel it should be closer, if not on the edge of the bench. Um, obviously, that's going to be better cutting. If you're cutting something in the in the bench, uh, sorry, well, it's in the vice, say you, say you might be cross-cutting something, um what you're going to be able to do if it's right at the edge, um, you're actually get a clamp into place. You're going to be cutting. Your saw is not going to damage the bench. It's, not, it's going to be away from the bench, and you're going to have your left hand to um, basically support the piece of wood. Um, you know to stop it from um, uh, you know spl- splintering uh, the edge of the wood. You know as you cut it because as as we all know, if you're cutting a piece of wood and you don't support it, it as it gets um, closer to the end of the cut, it'll just end up splintering off. Uh, obviously, which we don't want. So I have actually heard about right-handed people kind of wanting it at the left side of the bench. Um, 
I, I get that as well. Um, you know, I, I totally do get that. Um, that's kind of the same sort of principle as what I've just talked about, but putting it on the other side of the bench um, for for it to be away from the bench and for you not to damage the bench. Um, you know, if you were cutting the likes of maybe a tenon, you know, the shoulders of a tenon. Um, when I'm cutting the shoulders of the tenon, I like, I like the. Sh- when I'm cutting it, when I'm cutting it, I like to be. If the pieces in front of us, I like the, the the shoulder to be like pointing on, like on my right side, so the same side as me saw. So I don't like it to be the opposite way. So when the shoulder's like pointing to my left side, obviously I'm still using. I just, I just don't like that. I find that a little bit awkward. I can do it, and sometimes I have to do it, but in general, my preference is to have it that way, um, where the the shoulder is actually pointing to the right side of my body. Um, so I kind of see the points where you know I've seen a few people like say. You know, being right-handed, I think you should have it on the left side. Uh, so, you know, um, things kind of aren't always what they seem, and and people, you know, people just people do their own sort of thing. And I think, I think with woodworking as well, don't get us wrong. Take the advice what people are giving you, and you know, kind of have an experiment yourself and and see what works best for you. Um, that's a perfect prime example, you know, for a right hand for a right-handed person to have uh, the vice on the left side of the sorry the right side of the bench. Um, you know, I'm quite sure there'd be um, you know traditional woodworkers that's been doing it for you know thirty forty years. Maybe like what you're talking about, but you know, I kind of I do get. I do get where people are coming from, where they say I prefer it on the right side of the bench. You know, I kind of do get that. Um, so, um, tail vices, um, I don't really think you need a tail vice on a tall bench. Um, I'm not saying that it's, I'm not saying that it's not handy. Um, definitely, you know, it is handy to have. Um, but do you need one? I don't think so. I really don't think so. I, me personally, I wouldn't take the time, and I wouldn't pay the money, you know, for the ironmongery to actually install a tail vice. Um, I just, I really don't think you need it. I mean, anything like that, you could be using a doors foot. Um, you know, in some um. You know, you, you could actually even clamp some pieces down. You could use a few uh, a few dog holes. Um, so, as I said, I don't really feel it's needed. Um, what if you go viceless? So, I have seen a couple of benches where they've been totally viceless, um, where they've just been relying on hole fasts, um, you know they've got a bit of a, a um, is it is it a, a crook? Yeah, I forget the name of it now. A crook or a hook, um, kind of where, where the vice would be, um, and basically you kind of just wedge, you know, your wood in there, um, and use hole fasts to keep it in place. Um, 
I, d- I don't know. Um, I don't know if I would go viceless, which might surprise a lot of people. Um, I really don't think I would. Um, not on the tall bench, obviously. I mean, Roman workbench. I, as I said, I really don't see the need for a vice. Um, yeah, you know, uh, a mox a moxing style vice on a on a on a lower bench or something that's like a bit of a mock up of a moxing vice. You know, for like um, you know dovetails. Uh, but yeah, I think I would um, on a on a tall bench. I don't think I'd have any um, any. What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, basically, I would definitely put one on. I think um, I think I'd be lying if I said I wouldn't. Um, it's the same thing with with like the dog holes as well. I mean, the way the way I use my dog holes in my lower bench, like a lot of it, I've got to be on top. You know, I've got to be on top of it. You know, when using it, or I've, you know, I just, I don't really think a lot of dog holes are. Or, or basically how I've got the dog holes laid out, 100% would not work on a tall bench. Just the dynamics are totally different, obviously because the height's totally different. Um, you know, the body mechanics of using it's totally different. So um, for me, I think it would definitely be a vice here. I would still use hole fasts and whatnot, but um, yeah, I'd definitely have a vice in it. So, uh, leg vices, um, one last thing with the leg vices, I, I, I'm not overly keen on them. Um, the ones I've seen, um, obviously it's not all of them, but the ones, I don't dislike them, I just think it's the same again, it's a bit, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm not overly keen on them. The, you know, you've got you've got the leg vices and, and the ones where you've got the rail that actually runs through the leg, and you've got like a lot of a lot of holes in these um, in this rail, and basically you'll put a peg or you'll put a screwdriver or something like that, and this is to stop the rack in in the in the vice. So basically, if you've got something square in your vice and you start tightening it up, for anyone that doesn't know, if you start tightening this up, is what will happen. Um, the bottom of the leg will actually start like going on an angle, like basically pulling itself in towards the uh, the leg and what this does at the front it actually pulls away from the piece of the material so the material is not getting clamped properly so that's why you've got to stick some sort of you know peg at the bottom there is different ways and methods and other sorts of you know we had wonderful things um gizmos and that's uh, types like these types of leg vices you've got like a like a leg vice um where it's kind of like on a on like a bit of a jack. Um, I can't remember the the name of the company that makes. I think there's a there's several companies that make them like, but that that looks pretty cool. I like that one, but as I said, I don't like that kind of leg vice. Yeah, the one I've just been referring to with the with the holes in the rail. Um, as well, I think I would probably. The, the next if if I actually do make a vice and I make one um where it's you know I kind of just make one from scratch I'll I'll buy the you know the screw section because you can buy the screw section uh, from Veritas I've actually got one of them <laughs> ironically um that's just 
brand new sitting there. It's never been used, um, so I should really make use of it. But I think when I do actually make like make a vice, if I do go for that, just a screw section and make one myself, I'm probably going to make it a lot bigger than I need it. I might actually experiment and see how like how big I can actually like make it, you know, and and see what the clamping pressure is going to be like that. Um, with, with that sort of size but uh, I think that would be pretty cool to mess around with um, so I'm going to call it um, I've been like talking well like 72 minutes uh, you poor people of yours are still listening <laughs> um, thanks very much uh, for listening um, and again, same again thank you for all the new followers on um on Facebook and on Instagram. It just seems to be growing more and more every day. So absolutely really appreciate it. Thanks very much. And until the next time, I shall speak to you guys later.